talking about Hilchas Tshuva, the Rambam is known for his uh, expression in a very clear way. The Rambam was, besides the great giant he was, he had an incredible way to articulate and put things together in a very clear, clear form. So always Hilchish Tshuva, we always refer to the Rambam, the way he wrote it, the way he articulated, and it's extremely powerful, very, very powerful. So I'll read it in English. I must confess, my first language is not English. I came to LA and I, I learned English. I grew up not knowing a word of English. So please uh, apologize if I don't pronounce words correctly. So, but uh, it is very powerful just to read the words. And the Ramam, even though the Ramam wrote in, in Lushna Akadish in the Hebrew language, but it's incredible powerful. And I'll explain it as we go along. How, you know, because the Rambam, what he did would take the most complicated concepts and try to simplify it. That's why he was so, you know, awed, because he could take difficult things and make it into simple language, and the very make it simple, not to sound so complicated. Okay, let's start with the first halach. He says, the Rambam begins, if a person transgresses any of the mitzvahs of the Torah, any mitzvah a person transgresses, it could be any mitzvah, whether a power, positive command or negative command. It could be positive means he didn't do a mitzvah, or a negative means that he did an aveda. Negative means he spoke loshen uh, harer, or he, he did a uh, he, did, he violated a yontif. And the positive things he didn't do the right thing. But uh, you know, if he did, if it was a man, he did, if it didn't daven. For woman, and, you know, was someone who was in great need, there was a mitzvah to help. You know, his positive commands is always negative. There's 248 positive, even though we don't have all 248 right now. Many mitzvahs in, uh, in Etzisol and Mishamegnish, but there's mitzvahs that we do. So let's say Kiddush. A woman is obligated to hear Friday night Kiddush, and she didn't. A man skipped the davening. So, or he's a loisister, he did something which he was not allowed to do. He ate non-kosher. So he says, when he repents and returns from his sin, he does repent and he, and he leaves go of the sin. Later, Rama will elaborate, what does that mean exactly? He wants to do tshuva. Ramam says, he must confess before God blessed he. That's very interesting. The Ramam says, there's no, the Ramam doesn't say it's a mitzvah to do tshuva. The Ramam says, when you want to do tshuva, when you're repenting, there's a mitzvah to confess. If you will read the words of the Rambam. A very simple why. When you're raising children, and you know, I just was in New York and I watched how one of my children, my grand, raising her grand, the grandchildren, and one of them hurt the other child. So you tell the judge, say, I'm sorry. You know, you know, first they didn't want to, finally he said, I'm sorry. We know, you know that I'm sorry is because mom said, you ain't getting ice cream if you're not saying I'm sorry. But that's what we want to teach the child. But that's not a real I'm sorry. You can't tell a person, say, I'm sorry. If you feel really sorry, I'm, I'm really sorry that I did this and this, then there's a mitzvah 
to say a confession to Hashem. Understand? But because you can't tell a person, you have to be sorry. It's very, so the, the Ramam explained, the mitzvah is when you realize you did something wrong and you want to change, you ate not kosher, you really regret it. So then there's a mitzvah to confess. As it states, if a man or a woman commit any of the sins of a man, any sins, they must confess the sin that they committed. So there's a mitzvah essa and the Torah just to confess a sin that you did. That means if a person comes and you know he knows he did something wrong, just to say, I'm sorry to Brahman will exactly articulate the words that has to be said, but there's a mitzvah, it's not enough in the heart. You would say, Well, Hashem knows what's in my heart. You know, he knows. If I have to say I'm sorry to someone, I hurt the feelings, is because he doesn't know what's in my heart, so I have to confess. No, there's a mitzvah to articulate and to confess. Just like there's a mitzvah to Davan, Hashem knows what's in my heart. Hashem knows, but when you say it out, it has a much, much more powerful impact. Same thing is the, the confessing and the sin has a very powerful impact on the person. And you have to say, I sinned and I made a mistake and I regret it. I ate non kosher, I skipped the davening, whatever, whatever, whatever it was. Say to Hashem? No, it's between you and Hashem. Later learn in the Rambam that you're not supposed to tell anyone your shortcomings. You know, it's, it's, it's in America everything is open, sort of to say. And uh, the Torah says clearly it's not good to tell people your sins. You keep it to yourself between you and Hashem. If a person made something, and you just say to the Hashem, I'm sorry, no one has to know about it, between you and Hashem. Now, how does the Ramam say this refers to the verbal confession? The, the Ramam says this confession is a positive command. This is a mitzvah eser dreiser, just like there's a mitzvah to blow shofar, there's a mitzvah to have a sukkah, there's a mitzvah to have a seder, a mitzvah to confess. I, I, I said in Shul Shabbos that we are, one of, we are such a lucky nation. We're going to face the judge in 30 days. Rosh Hashanah is in 30 days. You know, the judge told us the secret how to win the case. You know, you have a case, you go in front of a jury, you don't know what's going to be, how they're going to read it. And the judge tells the very, he said, just say, I'm sorry deeply and you win the case. The prosecutor is going to look for the, you know, for the evidence, it's going to disappear. You know, I, I, I told the people in shul, the, the prosecutor has a CD, and all our sins is there. The picture, when, what, he's going to put the CD on, and it's going to be wiped off. Every time you do tshuva, literally, you wipe out, you wipe the clean. That's, uh, but the, it has, the more you do the depths of your heart, that's the, exactly what true is. And I said, instead of look, being so nervous when Elul and Hashishalem come, you should say, wow, I am merited, I have a schus to live another Elul and Hashishalem, and I could really do tshuva, and my slate will be clean. That's why you have to look at it in a positive way, not to be nervous. When you're nervous, it's, you use it, it's, it's exciting. Baruch Hashem. I have an opportunity to, the Bani Shomu should say, you're clean. So let's move on. So the Ramam says, how does one confess? 
Now, I want to say this again. The Rambam's words are, is known to be so, every word, we know the Rambam was extremely careful about what he wrote. Well, the Rambam didn't write random. Rambam, one of his letters, write that a person, before he writes something, prints something, should go over it a thousand times. Rambam, like each word, and listen to his words, what he says. How does one confess? He states, I implore you, God, I sinned. And I say to Hashem, I sinned, I transgressed, I committed iniquity before you. That means he says, I did a mistake. See, it takes, when a person says these words, I've sinned, you're taking responsibility. Later, if we'll have a chance, we'll see how the Ramam says the most important thing about Shuva is to know you are responsible. Because if you don't, if I'm not responsible, I really cannot regret. You know, you know, if you raise children or grandchildren, and she made me do it, it's not my fault, or he made me do it. You know, can't say, you know, that's what children are. The less you take responsible of it, the less you believe that you had a free choice, the less you cannot say I'm sorry. So one of the most important things that we'll see later, the Ramam writes, you must realize you had a free will. It was challenging, no question about it. It was, you, know, you were in a vulnerable place maybe, but ever, whatever, ever, but you, all of us, have a free choice. And we say to Hashem, I am responsible, I transgressed, that means I'm taking full responsible, and I'm really sorry. The, that's called... Chassidus is called Malchus. You're taking responsibility, which is the truth. The truth is we are responsible for our acts. You know, it's, it's, it's that the human nature is to not to take responsibility. I always say over the other Marishan, when he sinned, other Machab, when they first sinned, the first thing other Marishan says, you know whose fault? It's my wife's fault. Not only my wife, it's the Shatchan. He says, Hashem, you set me up with her. And what did she say? It's not my fault, it's the snake's fault. That was the second part, uh, uh, the Zoe says, of the sin not taking responsibility. When you say vidi, you say, yes, I am responsible. It was, I could have not done it, I should have been careful, I, I am responsible. That's the words. <clears throat> so, before you, by doing the following, behold, and uh, you do the following, you say, I, I am, you say to Hashem, I am sorry that I spoke Lashon Hara. I am sorry that I was not careful and cautious. Whatever, I'm sorry, I got angry and I hurt people's feelings. Behold, I regret. You have to say, I regret. Part of Tshuva is saying, I really regret what I did. That's what Tshuva means, that you really have charata. Charata means I regret, I wish I haven't done it. He says, I regret and I'm embarrassed for my deeds. See how the Ramam's words is very counted. Not only you have to say, I regret, they say, it's, it's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed what I did. I promise never to repeat this act again. You know, the word promise here in English doesn't mean promise the way we use it. And the promise means I take upon myself not to do it. It's not a swear, it's just a, um, 
Because promise, sometimes people use promises as swearing. It doesn't mean the Raman says, I'm taking upon myself never to do it. So the Raman says, you have to say these three things. You have to say to Hashem, I really regret what I did. And the deeper your regretfulness comes from your heart, the greater the tshuva. Let's face it, when, amongst people, when someone hurt you, let it be a spouse, a child, a sister-in-law, a mother-in-law, it really hurt you and says to you in a deep, real, regretful way, no matter how much they hurt you, you really, you, it's hard not to forgive them. Your old reason we don't forget sometimes people forgive them because you don't believe they really are asking. They just, uh, it, it's inconvenience, you know, uh, they, they're really not really sorry. They just are annoyed at the situation, what came up from the sin. But if you feel someone says to you, I'm so sorry I hurt you. Even, and if you say to the person, I'm sorry I hurt you, I was foolish, I didn't think twice, it's my fault, it's the, the person hears your voice coming from your heart, he'll forgive you. The more you regret, the, the greater the person will forgive you. That's the same between us and Hashem. The greater you feel the regret, and you say to Hashem, I am so sorry, that I'm sorry that comes from your heart, that is what Shuvah is. The second Ramam says you have to say, I am embarrassed for it. That is a big question why this has to be said and to make it simple because that shows your re-regretfulness. That means you regret. I mean, it's embarrassing. I look back and I say, why did I did it? Why, why, did I, why, why did I gain from it? That, the, the last thing Ramam says what it means is the third thing, you have to tell yourself, I promise, I'm not going to do it again. Have, it's called Kabbalah. I'm not going to do it again. Later learn. Yeah, but you know, it doesn't mean, a, that's what I mean. It doesn't mean, a, it doesn't, right? It does not mean a swear, just take upon yourself. But I learned what, what the Ramam says that a person who knows that he's vulnerable to such a thing should make himself more guidelines. A person knows that. You know, he's nichshel, he doesn't have a mairev. It's like a simple, he's exhausted. Make sure that it doesn't come to that situation. You know, a person knows that it comes to kashras, you know, he's lax. Make sure if you're traveling, you take the food, kosher food with you. You know, person, the trick of tshuva is to recognize your own vulnerability. You know what I mean? If you want to change, you have to read, this is my shortcoming. We all have our vulnerable spots in life, our shortcoming. Let it be Loshan Hara. When, when do you speak Loshan Hara is when I talk about this person. Don't talk about him. You know that this is a person, when his name is mentioned, her name is mentioned, your blood starts boiling. Don't talk about them. I know myself, in my personal life, I avoid with all cause certain topics. Don't want to get into it. Because the, that's the, that means you accept that I'm not going to do it. This is a you know, vulnerable spot by me, and very easily I could get into Lush and Hodder. I could do the wrong thing. Or people, you know, or people are hungry, and they, you know, they buy food not kosher. Make sure you're traveling. Where are you going? You, you work. The trick of tshuva really is is of knowing yourself well. 
the better you know yourself, there's more self-awareness you have about yourself, it's easier to do tshuva. You, you, that's what the Ramam said later learn. So you avoid situations. That's what, that's what it says, I'm not going to do it anymore. So these are the, the next line, the Ramam said, these are the essential elements of the confessional prayer. Whoever confesses profusely and elaborates of these matters is worthy of praise. That's why the slichos you pay attention to slichos, the svardim start from Chodesh Elo, Ashkenazim say the week before, it, it just elaborates these ideas over and expressions. And you could sit down and talk, have a talk with Hashem. And keep in mind these three things. Just sit down and say to Hashem, I am really, really sorry. That's all Hashem wants to hear from you. you know, and it comes, if it comes from your heart, your own language, has a much greater effect. You say, I'm sorry, and you know, and I'm not gonna do it again, and I'm embarrassed what I did. You know, this is one of the greatest things in the mitzvahs and the Torah is about Shuvah. Let me just quickly say an interesting Gemara. The Gemara says, one of the things that Rabbi Yishlam created before he created the world was Shuvah. Because he created the world, Hashem, knowing that we have a free choice. And knowing we're humans. And we make mistakes. And probably will make against certain mistakes. So the Rabbani Shalom, all he wants is our I'm sorry. And he says it gets wiped clean. So many people who don't realize it. We later learn, of course, there's a difference what the sin was. How, you know, a person... Killed Rachman killed someone or person, you know, it all depends on the sins. But the, the more you do tshuva, the, every sin gets wiped out. And Hashem, before He created the world, put this in. Before I create the entire world, I, the tshuva is going to be there, knowing that we are vulnerable. We make mistakes. I always tell people, I wish I could predict what I'll do in 10 minutes. How often we predict. In um, 10 minutes, I'll do this, and I'll get it done, and 10 minutes comes and goes, and uh, it didn't happen. We are vulnerable. We are, you know, this is, we humans. And that's why Hashem gave us the, the power of tshuva, knowing this, this is what it is, and you ask forgiveness, and I forget, will forgive you. So the Ramam goes on, those who bring sin offerings or guilty offering must also confess their sins. Any time in the Bismigdish, when they bought a carbon, you know, they bought a chatos, osham, even oiler, you have to, you have to confess when they bring their sacrifice for inadvertently or willful transgressions. Because, you know, we can later learn, person has to do tshuva even for inadvertently. We later learn what types of inadvertently, but sometimes, even though it was inadvertently, you have to also uh, uh, um, ask forgiveness. We'll get, I don't want to be sidetracked, we'll see later, but it's sometimes you have to, it's not always when I really did it. Even inadvertently, something happened, it came up and you did it. You also have to uh, ask forgiveness. Look, between a husband and a wife, you know, I always give this marshal because no matter how great you show showing biases, we sometimes inadvertently hurt each other. You know, we ignored her, or she ignored you, and uh, 
And you know what I mean? So that's called energy. Didn't sit down and say, I'm ignore my spouse today. Didn't say, Lishem Yichid, I am ignore him today. He got busy, he got sidetracked, you, you didn't think about it, didn't realize how important for him or for her it is. That's called inadvertently. Sometimes with Hashem too. It wasn't that he sat down, I'm not going to daven, or I'm not going to do the mitzvah, or I will. Just you caught up in the moment, whatever the situation was, and you did it. That's what it is. So even when you bring a carbon sacrifice, so you would think in the times of Bismignish, you brought the sacrifice, wow, you brought a big animal, you gave it to the Kohanim, the Kohanim did Avoida, wow, now you have a clean state. No, you must confess. Confess is the essence of the tshuva. Ramam says, the sacrifice will not atone for the sins until they repent and make a verbal confession, Ramam says. So even though you brought a big bull, worth a thousand dollars you brought, and you know, you did a chet, you brought it for a carbon. It's not, it, 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 it doesn't help. He shall, on, on a stage, he shall confess the sin. He has kept upon it. You must confess for the sin. So related, the Ramam is going to say soon, the Ramam says that nowadays, the only thing we have is our mouth to confess. We don't have a carbon. So if let's say a person did a chil Shabbos, you know, inadvertently or whatever, even, you know, whatever the situation is. So we don't have a carbon to bring, but just confessing and saying to Hashem, deep sorry, that's what we have. It's like a sacrifice now. And you know, I, I want to explain why this is called a sacrifice. It is emotionally painful sometimes to confess. You know, amongst friends, amongst spouses, amongst sometimes we know how deeply wrong we are, but we have an ego saying that, uh, I wouldn't say I'm sorry. I especially find it by men. I mean, I have a house full of daughters and I find that they have an easier time. But, but the truth is sometimes it's, we, we, we deeply know that we are wrong. But we have a hard time saying, you know what? You're 100% right, and I'm wrong. Because it's the, your honor, your ego gets in the way very often. So there, it is sort of a sacrifice. You've got to humble yourself and tell Hashem, I really messed up. And I take full responsibility. It takes a little uh, guts. And, and that's why the more you say it, the more you get in tune, the more really it works. And that's, that's why it's called sort of, a, every, every confession to Hashem is called the carbon, it's like a sacrifice. So the Ramah says, similarly, those obligated to be executed, you know, in the times of the Sanhedrin, the times of Smegdash was staying, if a guy worshipped idols, if a guy was Machal Shabbos in front of two witnesses, they, they were punished, or get a person ate chazer, and two witnesses says, you know, you're not allowed to eat chazer, and if you eat it, you will get uh, lashes. By the court, do not attain atonement. So even though Bezdin gives them the lashes, they don't get an atonement through their death or lashing, unless they repent and confess. Very powerful, the Ramam says. That means... Even though he's getting 39 lashes, and it wasn't a joke, those 39 lashes. And even though he gets all those lashes, if he didn't say to Hashem, I am so sorry what I did, that I ate Chazer, 
or whatever he committed that he's getting the lashes, he would not get an atonement. So this is what the Ramam is saying, to the tshuva, every, every carbon or lashes or even the death penalty that he person got, had to have a confession in it to, to, to have an impact. Similarly, someone who injures a colleague or damages property, but you have to pay, and the guy pays, does not attain atonement, even though he pays him, but he owes him. Let's say you inadvertently hurt someone's feelings, or you smash the, 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 in the car, and you pay the full damages, and you said to the person, I am so sorry that I, I, I ruined your car, I'm paying you for the money. So what do you want from the guy? He paid, had the car fixed, he did it even lift the machine sudden. Lift the machine I mean went out of his way. He rented the guy a car for free on his expense. So he would say, Wow, look what a gentleman is. If you didn't say to Hashem, I'm sorry that I hurt this person, I'm sorry I wasn't careful when I was driving, I hurt this person, you don't get an atonement. That's a very, very powerful halacha. So we think that between a friend you know amongst people that you know I said I'm sorry and the person hugged me even afterwards, and we made up, we drank a l'chaim, doesn't help. You can drink five l'chaims, as we say, unless you have to say to Hashem also, you true, you hurt the person, he forgave you, but you have to say Hashem, Hashem, I am so sorry I hurt the person. Well, I'm so sorry that I was a reckless driver, I was texting while I was driving or talking on the phone and I, boom, got into an accident. Because a sin, very good, the sin between one person and another person is two sins. You sin to the person, you hurt the person's feelings, but you also transgressed Hashem's will. He doesn't want you to hurt the person's feelings. So let's say he hurt someone. You really hurt someone's feelings. And so you apologize and the person forgave you. But you still have to ask Hashem forgiveness because that sin that you hurt the person, that sin is also between you and Hashem. So you have to ask Hashem, please forgive me for hurting the person. And you will not be forgiven even though the person says, you know, you know, I forgave him. We're friends. It's like never happened. We're good. It doesn't make a difference. Hashem doesn't forgive you unless you say to Hashem, I am so sorry I hurt the person. Yeah, but you, but you have to remember the transgression had to do not only to your friend, but you hurt your friend. The transgression was your friend in Hashem. So he took care of your friends. See, we later learn in the Rambam the other way around too. A person hurts someone's feelings, and he says to Hashem, begs Hashem, forgive me. You're not forgiven unless you ask the person you hurt 
forgiveness. Why waiting? Wait, what? Why waiting? Well, not a question of waiting, we're just explaining. You need, the, you need the forgiveness from both. You need to ask forgiveness to the person you hurt, and then you have to ask Hashem. I did a terrible thing. I hurt someone's feeling. And truthfully is, I want to say, your own spouse. I always tell Hashem, please forgive me for hurting my spouse because there's no way you're living with another person, no matter how great your Shalom Ba'is is. We inadvertently, you know, hurt each other. Sometimes we're at fault, sometimes we're not at fault. But, you know, there's no, there's no, uh, no matter how sweet and loving your Shalom Ba'is is, we do make mistakes. And we do hurt. You get mostly hurt with the people you're closest to. You never notice that. No one can hurt you as much as the people you're closest to. And we, so I, every Rosh Hashanah Kippur, I, I make it my point. Not that I just, I don't, not enough asking my wife, please forgive me and my children. I, say, I even ask my children forgiveness because am I always right when I punish them? And not Some, I hope, but uh, who knows? Maybe I, was, maybe I was frustrated and I had a tough day and I came home and I, I act righteous for this and I really, you know, was too harsh with them. But I ask Hashem, forgive me for hurting people's feelings. You know, I ask them forgiveness. You have to ask their forgiveness. Yeah, before we later learn this stuff, you, you have to ask the forgiveness first and then, you know, because you're, you can't ask Hashem's forgiveness for that sin unless you ask first uh, the person. Yeah, well, that's, well, I don't want to go into that. That's a long discussion. Not so simple. Well, uh, let me just explain his question. And maybe in another time, it'll take too long. He wants to know if what happens, you hurt someone's son. And we parents, if my child is hurt, I take it personally. All of, all of us. Does the person have to apologize to the parents too? It's not so simple. It seems that you don't. Seems like you don't. Unless... Unless it was a direct, I don't, want, I don't want to go into this, this is a long discussion, so let's focus. Uh, <clears throat> okay, now this is a question that every Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur people ask me. Let me repeat this question. Very often, you didn't do something wrong and the person is fuming at you. I'll give a simple example. You made a bar mitzvah. This happened last year. Someone made a bar mitzvah. He didn't invite a few people. He didn't invite them. He didn't have room. He was making it in his backyard and he was very limited. So he had to choose. Now the person is very hurt. Now, it, you know, the person is hurt. He didn't hurt the person. The person miss judge their friendship. He thought, I'm a very good friend of his. And he only first invited the cousins and a few of his very close friends. Now the person really is hurt. Someone asked me this question, literally last year, he made a bar mitzvah and he couldn't invite. He, he, he made it in the backyard and this, this was limited and he didn't have much room so he didn't invite just the, and one of his acquaintances was incredible insulted, doesn't speak to him. 
He's, he didn't do anything wrong. He just should. I told him he should. He made him a letter, say, I had limited resources. He was going through a tough time, and I made it in the backyard, and I couldn't uh, invite everyone because there is no room. So he didn't do anything wrong. It's nice to ask forgiveness, but if the guy doesn't forgive you, he didn't do anything wrong. Because, and, and this is an important thing because often amongst friends, sometimes we get hurt and it's, the person didn't do anything to you. Sometimes you did. Sometimes you're very wrong and you think you're right. Sometimes you're extremely wrong. That's why you have to, you know, it's best is when you have a situation, speak to a rabbi, an outsider to be able to judge and see. But that's true. Not always people get hurt. Is it you sort of, you really hurt them? Okay. The what? So the last line of this halacha, never to do such a thing again is implied in the phrase, any sins of man. This is going back to the beginning, that you take upon yourself, I'm not going to do it. See, you know, I, I just want to explain something quickly, that uh, if I have a chance, we'll later explain this, that it's easier to do tshuva on things that you made by mistake. Let's say by mistake you ate something not kosher. Happens. You picked up something. You thought it was kosher. And turns out not to be kosher. And I always say over a story as once, I uh, once in shul, and uh, someone was eating potato chips, and uh, between Mincha Marv in the kitchen over there, and a guy comes over and he says, "You know that is not kosher. It's Lay's potato chip." He says, "No, look at it. There is no you." And he says, "You know why? It is cheese. It has cheese in it." He says, I was wondering why it tastes so good. He says, I was wondering. So the truth is, that is easy to do tshuva. You know, you made a mistake. You say to the Rabbani Shalom, I really regret what I did. I'm going to be more careful about kashas. And I'll buy next time laced potato chips. I'll check twice to make sure. It's easier. Harder to do tshuva, the Ramam says later, if a person has a habit and not such a good habit. He's short-tempered, and, or, you know, gossips, or, you know, he becomes at night, he, he came into a pattern that he doesn't dava mincha if he doesn't go to shul, or whatever the situation, that's sometimes harder to change, because you've got to change the habit. And that, is, that takes work to really change. And when a person says, it takes a promise he's going to change, he has to say, okay, how am I going to change this habit to be more focused We'll get to it a little later. The Ramam does elaborate about this. Okay, halacha based, the next halacha. I'm going to just uh, move on. Since the goat sent to Dazozel, you know the goat, Anyum Kippur, it's called the Soyer Lazozel. That means they took a goat and they sent it out and they dropped it off a cliff. And before they did it, the Koyin Godel would say Vidi, would confess in the name of the entire Claudiusel. Very interesting that the Kayin Godel, the high priest, would put his hands onto the goat 
and the name of the entire Jewish nation would confess the sins. So the Ramah says, since the goat sent to Azazel, atones for all of Israel, the high priest confesses upon it as a spokesman for all Israel. As it states, he should confess upon it all the sins of the children of Israel. So the Ramah explains, the goat sent to Azazel atones for all transactions in the, uh, transgressions in the Torah that serve the severe and the lightest sins. That means the soil Azazel atones for the big sins and small sins. We'll see later, certain sins are not so easy always to atone. But the greatness of the Besamingdish was standing was that the soul Azodel really atoned for even the worst sins. A terrible sin. Certainly with Chal Shabbos even. We'll later get to it. If you really confessed and said, I'm sorry, the soul Azuzel atoned it. The Ram says, those violated intentionally and those transgressed inadvertently, those with the transgressor became a, a conscientious of, and those with he was not conscientious of, that means sometimes we do things not even realizing what we're doing. You ever notice sometimes we sit and gossip and you tell, why are we gossiping? I'm not gossiping. You know, I mean, sometimes we're still not aware what we're doing. Now, sometimes we are aware, sometimes it's just not even aware that, or you never, more than that, the, Ramam, the other learned the Ramam meant to say this way, sometimes he did something, you never even realize he did it. Let's say sometimes a person could be Michal Shabbos, not even realizing he did it. He didn't remember, he thought it was okay, or he didn't, he forgot totally the Shabbos, he never reminded himself. You know, you wake up middle of the night, and, and uh, you know, and you did it, Middle of Friday night, I used to say this to young people, when I remember when I was raising my children were young, and middle of the night, you got to get up and make a bottle. And, you know, the baby's screaming, you want to be nice to your wife and get up and make a bottle. And you go out, and it's, it is, you know, you don't even know which day of the week it is. You know, you got to remember it's Shabbos. It's very easy to Shabbos, put on the lights not realizing it. Remember, so I always tell people, always cover the lights. It's because sometimes you just forget. And a guy, let's say, put on the light, he never even knew, don't afterwards, that he was Mechal Shabbos. Never came to his conscience. The Sur Lazuzel also toned that. It was such a powerful carbon that means that even though he never was aware about it. See, if I'm aware, I say to Hashem, I'm so sorry what I did. Then we understand. But the power of the carbon in the Smegnish, so power that we're not aware about it, I also toned it. That's what Ramos, those with the trend became conscious, those with not, all are atoned for the goat sent to the Azor. This implies only if one repents. That's so very interesting. You could repent, and even you're not exactly sure what you did at the time. That means the Rabbani Shloilam, if I ever did a Chil Shabbos, please forgive me. If you notice in the Al Chait, in the long list, we, we mention everything because maybe inadvertently, maybe I ate non kosher, I don't remember. Maybe I ate, uh, maybe I, I did a chilashavas. It's very possible. We're humans. So if you say, Yom Kippur, I am really sorry, it helps. But the Sola Zuzel was like incredible, powerful, the Ram says. If one does not repent, the goat only tones for the light sins. But you know what the Ram says? But if you didn't repent, 
the Rambam says it only atones for the light sins. Now this is only when we have the solar zuzel. Nowadays we don't have it, but the Rambam will explain. That, that means when there was the solar zuzel so powerful, so we had the big sins you must atone, and the smaller sins, if you didn't atone also, you didn't say, I'm sorry, also atone. But the Rambam finishes saying, but nowadays we don't have this. We don't have the solar zuzel. Since we don't have it, you must repent. That's what the whole Elul, as we, as we wait and we come to, to not just Elul, we come to Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, is we ask Hashem forgiveness for our sins, for the ones that we are not aware, and from the terrible sins. You know, in Elul, is a Rosh Hashanah, Ani Ledoidi, Ledoidi Li. You know, that means I'm to my love, and my love is to me, because the words, Anila Doidi, Doidi, is the first word, letters, you put the letters together, is Elul. You know, Anila Doidi, Vidoidi Li, take the first letter of each word, it turns into Elul, and there's four Yuds. Ani has a Yud, Doidi, Vidoidi has a Yud, Li. There's four Yuds, it's 40 days. From Meshchidish Elul to Yom Kippur is 40 days. So I am to my love, and my love is to me. You know what that means, I'm to my love? I'm to my love means I will do mine to ask Hashem forgiveness. Then, when you ask for your personal goods, Hashem will say, you know what, you, my lo- you are my beloved and I'll do it for you. I gave an explanation in Shul, I said a very simple explanation of what this means. I'm sure all of us have friends, and you know, friends and friends and acquaintances. And you know, sometimes you have a friend, they only call you when they're in need. All of a sudden, you're a friend when they're in need. Or even sometimes children, you know, or a relative. All of a sudden, they need you, they pull out the card, I'm your nephew. You know what I mean? I need help. You know what I mean? Then, you know, you don't feel. You don't feel so good helping them. Now, you're calling me now, right? Now. When I, you didn't call to say, uh, when my son got engaged or my daughter got, but now, all of a sudden, you're not in a real great mood. What happens you have someone who's there for you all the time? He really is a good friend. Calls you for a favor, you jump and do it. He's a good friend of mine. So the Zoya explains a very profound thing. We come to Shoshone Kippur, we say to Hashem, I need this, I need this. You know, I always say we have a Ralph's list. My wife gives me a list. Ralph's, I have to do the shopping. I have a Ralph's list. Do this, do this. So, you know, I come to Hashem, I need this. I need health and the children and a shidduch. Whatever you have, a list. No, Hashem says, no, what are you doing for the relationship? It's very self-centered. Uh, my, uh, my relationship with Hashem is only... I need you. You know, I'm going to say till him. I hope uh, I'll get points for that. I'm going to, you know, give tzedakah. I hope all I want now is, it's like a very self-centered, and I think in English they call it narcissistic uh, uh, relationship. It's me, it's all about me, and I need you. I'm going to just have an, but if your person comes to Hashem, he says, I'm so sorry for my shortcomings. I would, I would love to dive more. I would love to be closer to you. I'm sorry I'm not so close to you. And you do tshuva a whole month. Doesn't mean that, you know, you do it the, the month, you say it a few times. Comes Rosh Hashanah and says, you are my beloved. The doidi li. Doidi means I am to my love and my love is to me. 
The Rabbanishan says, and then the Rabbanishan will come and help you. That's Anile Doidi, Vedoidi Li. Because that's, that's very, very, very powerful. That we prepare ourselves the tshuva, then the Rabbanim says, say, of course I'll help the guy. You know, it's, uh, he uh, much, much, doesn't mean that if a person, you know, self-centered doesn't help. Sometimes people daven and the Rabbanim listens. But generally speaking, the Zoe says, if you're, it's a one-way street, then the Rabbanim says, it's the, the words of the Zayir is, it's like a dog who barks, give, give. Very, very profound uh, explanation, the Zayir. So, you know, this is a month we have opportunity to get close to Hashem. And, you know, take a little time for yourself. It's such a, a, a great thing. Take time, don't get nervous, and sit down and tell yourself to Rabbanu Shalom, I really regret this and this. And ask yourself, what can I change this year? And how can I implicate it in a change? This is not working so well. Let it be, you know, the Loshon Hara. Let it be Kashas. Let it be Shabbos. Let it be whatever you, everyone knows. How can I change it? It's such a, it's a, such a powerful feeling because when life, when you come to Hashanah, to Hashem, you feel good about it. Look, I am sorry and I'm going to do something to change it. Otherwise, you come to Hashem, sorry, and we know after Sukkot, probably will be back to square one. But if you tell yourself, I will, this is my, this is my vulnerability. I lose my temper or I, whatever the situation is, I will focus and work on this this year. It's a powerful, powerful uh, thing. And then you come to Hashem, Hashem, look, he's working so hard. Anil Doidi. You are to my love, but daily, my love is going to be to you. Let's just go to Halacha Gimel, the third Halacha. So the Ramam says the third Halacha, the pre- at present, when the temple does not exist and there is no altar of atonement, there remains nothing else aside for tshuva, from tshuva. He says, tshuva atones for all sins. Even a person who was wicked his whole life and repented in his final moments will not be reminded of any aspect of his wickedness. It's a passing yicheskel. It's a frightening verse. A person could be wicked all their life. And the end, they really do tshuva. They're lying in bed dying. And he finally realizes, and he does really, it's not because, you know, it really says, what, what a waste. What a waste. What I did. And if it means it, you come to the next world, nothing is going to win. The power of tshuva, it just, I want to tell you something, it's very difficult to do tshuva when you're sick. Even just the flu. Remember, you know, I remember one time I was sick many years ago, and the doctors couldn't figure it out. And you know, I thought, you know, when you're sick, you think it's the worst. Well, Hashem was well, but you know, the first it took a few days. I was thinking to myself to do tshuva. You, you know, you're so sick in bed. It was just like flu symptoms. Your mind doesn't work. You gotta do tshuva when you're healthy. When you're smiling, you gotta do tshuva. Not when you get into trouble. Much easier to do when right now. I'm healthy, we're healthy, take time and do tshuva. 
But the Ramam says very clearly that a person could be all his life a sinner, wicked. Wicked is worse than a sinner. He's a wicked person. And if he really regrets it, there's a famous tshuva. Tshuva means in the writings of uh, um, the early writings, the, uh, uh, the Rivosh, who was a very, lived about 600 years ago. And there was a guy who, believe it or not, joined the gangs. From that tshuva, I learned there were gangs then too. The world didn't change. There were gangs today, there were gangs then too. And unfortunately, this guy murdered while he was in the gang, and he also raped. He was a rapist. And afterwards, he totally regretted it, and he wrote a, a letter to the Derivash that he really regrets it, and he doesn't know if it's possible to do tshuva. I was a murderer, and I was a rapist. These people suffer from the rest of their life. And he wrote a famous tshuva to explain that when a person does tshuva for no matter how wicked you are, you gotta, he explains, try to get in touch with the people. And if you can't, he has a whole long letter explaining even that tshuva helps. Never, ever say you can't do tshuva. Never give up. Because most of us didn't murder anyone. Most of us didn't rape anyone. Most of us, you know, even if that tshuva helps, tshuva helps for anything. <clears throat> okay, let's move on. states that the wickedness of all evil one will not cause him to stumble on the day he repents of his wickedness. That's the translation of the passage. No matter what, tshuva helps. The essence of Yom Kippur atones for all who repent, as states, this day will be atoned for you. It means the day of Yom Kippur is like a sacrifice. When we do tshuva, even now, let's say we did tshuva now today, the tshuva that I hurt someone's feelings. Comes Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur has its atonement as the day of atonement. So Yom Kippur is like a carbon itself nowadays. Nowadays we don't have the besamigdish. If you say to Hashem, I'm sorry, I repent, you just let's say said it one day. Yom Kippur is, has an atonement. The reason why a person should to tshuva the next 40 days because, you know, sometimes you feel sorry, but not deeply enough. You know, you have this notice, okay, I'm sorry, anything they said, but the person deserved it anyways. You know, deep down, you're not so sorry. It takes time to really deeply feel how sorry you should be. The Rebbein Yoni gives a marshal. He gives a very interesting marshal. He says, imagine a guy invested his money on a place which wasn't safe, but he only invested a few thousand dollars. He feels silly, he's sorry, it was a foolish investment, I lost the money. What happens that he invested all his money? He lost all his money. Then he'll be screaming what a fool he was. There's a famous story from the Tzemach Tzedek. I don't want to get you too nervous, but it just shows what the Tzemach Tzedek describes Someone said it was one of the Babacharevas, describes how a person should really ask forgiveness. In Russia, you know, the, the, they wait in the winter, beginning of winter, to the lake freezes, and then they would bring the logs over the lake in a sled. So you have to wait till the, the lake or the river freezes with a thick uh, uh, ice, otherwise you go in the middle and... Uh, 
and uh, you could sink. So it was a mild winter, and people were waiting. The loggers were bringing the logs, waiting, waiting, and it wasn't cold enough. It didn't get thick enough. One guy says, "Eh, you guys, I was, eh, don't worry." He goes on the river with his horses. As he goes in the middle of the river, the ice crack, and he jumps on top of the horses. And they, they, those days, they didn't know how to save. It's very difficult to save a guy who's singing. And he knew, this is, this is based on a true story where, that someone said it with this happened to a non-Jew. And he was standing on the horse and he was screaming at the top of his lungs because I had no patience of my immaturity. I'm dying a horrible death. He was screaming because he didn't have patience. And this is a, he, it took time. Then he knew that slowly... That's how deep we should do tshuva. And it doesn't happen like that. Unfortunately, to feel that, it takes time. So if you, every day you do a little bit tshuva, you take off a little bit of your heart becomes a little bit more humble. And then you realize it was really not worth it. It was, I should have never done it. So that's how we build the tshuva till we get to Yom Kippur. But, as I, I want to mention the end of the class, one of the things what Chassidim say to do tshuva is, you gotta be happy. Because when you're depressed, you know, you know when the best time to ask forgiveness? When you're in a good mood. When you walk around depressed, it's very hard to ask forgiveness. You ever notice when you're depressed, you think all you think is about your own feelings. You know, then you, then you are sort of trapped in your own hurt and feelings. But when you feel good and you're happy, it's much easier to say, I am so sorry. Even among spouses and friends, when you feel in a better mood, it's much easier to say, I'm sorry. I see it by my own life. It's much easier to say, I am so sorry what I did, when you're in a good mood. When you're in a bad mood, you're so preoccupied with your mood. It just takes over you. So being happy is a great vehicle to do tshuva. And as I always say, happiness is a decision you gotta make. You gotta be happy, and maybe she should help, that we should take advantage of this week, and we should do tshuva. Okay, thank you.